0: Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are going through the whole Bible in a year. And we are in a chapter, Genesis chapter 12, which is going to become a crucial chapter to understand the whole Bible. So as we go on through the Bible, we're going to keep referring back to Genesis 12, because the things here are critical. If you want to understand the whole Bible, you've got to understand Genesis 12. Now, that doesn't mean you can't open the Bible anywhere, and God can inspire you and give you some information and give you some inspiration to move you on and to give you hope and to give you guidance. But if you want to understand the whole of scripture, Genesis 12 is someplace that we really want to camp at and understand. I wish we could stay here for a week, but we can't. I'm going to do it right now. Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abraham. He later on is known as Abraham, but right now he's known as Abram. And there's an important thing that goes all through the scripture, that God gives this guy a new name. He gives him a new identity. He gives him a new life. He gives him a new name. Does the same for you and me. The Lord said to Abraham, now Abraham, you have to go back to chapter 11 to see where he was living. He was living in Mesopotamia in the Tigris-Euphrates Valley. He's a Chaldean. And so, God calls him, and there's really no reason for God to call him other than God just calls him. And there's really no reason for God to call you or to call me, except that he just called us and we responded. And so Abraham's living there in that Tigris-Euphrates Valley. His uh, uh, parents are idol worshipers. That's what it tells us in the book of Joshua. So God says to this guy who we just read about in 11 if we would have looked at those verses. Go from your country, leave your country, leave your people, and leave your father's household, and go into a land that I'm going to show you. Well, he starts all over again, and God's going to bring him to a land that he's never been to before. God's going to bring you to a land that you'd never been to before. He's going to bring you on adventures, and he's eventually going to bring you to heaven, to his space. Right now we're on earth, living this life out in our space, and we're going to go into his space, heaven. And when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, those things are joined together. And so in our lives, the joining of heaven and earth, you know, God coming into our lives by his spirit. Here's what he says. He's going to make seven great promises to him. You got to get this if we're going to understand the whole of the scripture. Promise number one, I will make you a great nation. Well, He's a great nation. He was just a man with a wife who couldn't get pregnant, and now he is, in fact, a great nation. So many so that we don't know how many of his descendants there have been through the ages. It's a great nation, still exists. His bloodline still exists. His family tree still exists, and they are in the news almost every single day of the second half of the 20th and the first quarter of the 21st century. 75 years every day they're in the news. I'll make you into a great nation and I'll bless you. Well, I would say that they're a blessed nation. They're blessed people. The Jewish people, the family of Abraham, uh, one-tenth of one percent of the world's population. Maybe, maybe they're that big. And they've Got like up to 10% of the Nobel Peace Prizes. So, something about these guys. They've been uh, blessed by God. Why were they blessed by God? Because God blessed them. Why did He choose Abraham? Because He chose Him. I'll make your name great. Well, I'm going to say His name is great. I'm saying His name right now. And the Christians, they speak of Abraham frequently. Of course, uh, Jewish people. They name their children Abraham, Islam. Abraham's a very important name. So we're batting a hundred here. All of these have happened. And you'll be a blessing. Well, they have been a blessing. Uh, Have they been a blessing? In a lot of ways, including contributing to the planet and contributing to progress. Like we said, just the holders of uh, the Nobel Peace Prizes, the place that they have held... Uh, on the earth and on the planet, they've been a blessing. They are a blessing. But the big blessing that they have brought to the world is the family tree of Jesus Christ. That's the major blessing. That's the major blessing, that the family of Jesus comes through these people, this family. bless those who bless you. Well, then I'm going to bless Israel. I'm always going to bless Israel. I'm going to find a way to... To bless them. Now Israel does a lot of stuff wrong, just like you do and just like I do. And just like our nation does and just like other nations do. But I'm going to bless them because I want to be blessed. And whoever curses you, I'll curse. Well, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to curse the Jewish people. I'm not going to do it. And so, um, you know, it seems like a warning almost. And then all of the peoples on the earth are going to be blessed through you. Well, how are all the peoples of the earth going to be blessed through Abraham and his family. He's just a guy at this point. He doesn't have any children. Well, all of the nations of the earth are going to be blessed through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And we can trace his family tree all the way back to Abraham. And this happens in the genealogies in the Gospels. When you look at the in, in, in the Gospels, you see the genealogies there in the Math, the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Luke. We go all the way back to Abraham. So Abraham went, just as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Well, he wasn't supposed to bring Lot. He was supposed to do it by himself. But he brought Lot, so his obedience is even just partial. Sound familiar? Abraham was 75 years old when he set out. That's kind of cool, 75 years old. That at 75, he's starting life all over again, starting a whole new adventure. And so we can too. For Moses, it was 80 years old that he begins the new adventure. He took his wife Sarai, she also will get her name changed, and his name and his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and all the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. They got to the land that God told them they were supposed to go to. Now, Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Mora in Shechem. Now, where's that tree? Nobody knows where that tree is. But when this was written in the day, people probably knew where that tree was. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and he said, to your offspring, I'm going to give this land. Even though there were other people there, he said, you're going to have the land. You see, that was the promise, that he would give them the land. Now, this is really, really important as we go through the scriptures, as we go through the whole Bible. Remember, God is giving him that land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Builds the altar so he can remember this is where God spoke to me. This is where God met me. And from there he went to the hills of Bethel, and he pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord, and he called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. So these are the journeys of Abraham. It says, now there was a famine of the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. Now Egypt, and going to Egypt, is going to play heavily in the adventure as we're going through the whole Bible at 230 miles an hour on the bullet train, passing these passages real fast. And as he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, "I know you're a beautiful woman, and when the Egyptians see you, they're going to say that's his wife, and they'll want to kill me. But we'll let you live. So instead, say you're my sister, so I'll be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you." Nice guy, nice husband. Um, uh, how do you feel about that, ladies? <laughs> this guy, huh? But yet he got all these promises. Now it shows you, you know God gives the promises to messed up people. He did it here. Oh, so when Abraham arrives to Egypt, the Egyptians did see that she's very beautiful, and when Pharaoh's official saw they praised her to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh took her into the palace. And he treated Abraham well for her sake. And Abraham got sheep and cattle and male and female donkeys and male and female servants and camels. And, you know, gave him camels for his wife. And he was like, oh, thanks. You know, I love love camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abraham's wife, Sarai. You know, Abraham wouldn't stand up for his wife, but God did. What have you done to me, he said why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? And why did you say she's my sister? So that I took her to be my wife. Now then, here's your wife. Take her and go. And then Pharaoh gave orders about Abraham to his men, and they sent him away with his wife and everything at hand. So there's the promises. Let's read them again. I'll make you a great nation, number one. Number two, I'll bless you. Number three, I'll make your name great. Number four, you'll be a blessing. Number five, I'll bless those who bless you. Number six, whoever curses you, I'll curse. Number seven, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And then verse seven, I'll give you this land. So how do you want to read that? As seven or eight promises. However you read it, those things are going to come up over and over again as we continue in our journey through the whole Bible. Hey, bless you guys. Love you. Let's do this, man. Let's do the whole Bible this year. Love you.